0: All right, Ambush, and today we are joined by an alternative rocker who has released two singles this year, one debut, his sophomore, and of course one of those tracks has gone off to radio. This man has been hitting the ground, running, some of you may know him as his time as an actor in CBC's The Tournament. He also happens to be a uh, black belt? I'm very excited to jump into our conversation with today's guest. His name is Mikey. How's it going today, Mikey? Doing great. How are you doing? Oh my goodness. I'm having a wonderful day and I am so excited to dive behind these these jamming songs, these riff rocking songs that you have been putting out into the world, my friend.
1: Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Hey, hey, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to
0: have you as a guest. The honor is all mine. And of course, like I said, these two singles you've released this year, your debut, your sophomore. So, of course, before we get to those points, there has to be a point where you decide you want to record some of your own music. You want to release some of your own music. So what was that moment for Mikey?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Truthfully, so at the start of the pandemic, I I was kind of like working a regular job. I was just, I wasn't really sure. Music, I've been writing and recording it for like the last 10 years, but I didn't feel ready. So I kind of kept demos and stuff close to the chest. And then I had moved into my first apartment ever in Oshawa. And it just happened to be a recording studio, which I don't even know how I lucked out. It, literally, imagine this, the first time you ever move out of your parents' house and you find some small apartment in your, and it happens to be an actual recording studio. So we did the demos there and then the pandemic hit. And I was like, you know what, if the world's going to be on fire, like I might as well go out doing the one thing that I love. Because if I'm going to go out anyways, like what's the point? So then I ended up leaving my job. I emptied my savings. I recorded the record with... His name is Kevin Dietz, who he worked with Alexis on Fire. He worked with Billy Talent. He won his first Juno off that uh, Glorious Sons record. And then the second one with J.J. Wild. So he is just not only a legend in my eyes, but like he also gets the quality that I was looking for. So I was thankful enough to get to work with him. And I just decided, you know what? It's just time. I, I was ready for people to hear it.
0: Hmm. Wow. So you mentioned, of course, the incredible Kevin Dietz, who I planned on diving into because uh, you mentioned some of the names there. J.J. Yeah. Wild, Glorious Sons, maybe some of the newer artists. But this man has been putting in the work, making incredible music for well over a decade with the likes of Billy Talent, Alexis on Fire. How did that opportunity
1: come about and what was it like to work with such a legend? Yeah, well the funny thing is I I made like a list of all the producers that I wanted to work with and usually you start from the top down but I actually started not with Kevin cuz obviously he was number 1 on the list cuz I was like there's no way that he would answer my phone call, you know. So I I reached out to everyone else first and they all shot the demos down and I was like, "Oh man, like this is Not a good sign, you know? And then I was like, I I remember specifically, I was sitting on, I had a a table by the window. So I was sitting on the table and I was staring out the window. I was like, I should just just send him an email. I should just see if he maybe will entertain it. So the email, I'm pretty sure was just like, hey, I know you're probably not going to do it, but I would love for you to just take a listen and just let me know what you think. And he was like, oh, I like these demos. Let's have a chat. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then from there, it did help. We had a mutual friend. So I I did kind of ask him to reach out first to see if it was okay. But it was really that first phone call that I just realized we were going to be friends. Like, in terms of working with him, we've worked with a lot of people. And especially when when we were like 16 and stuff, like engineers are generally not nice to you, you know, because it's like, it's this new domain that you're entering where there's a lot of lessons that if you don't know, like no one's really there to teach you, but because they're such professionals, it's almost annoying for them. So we just hit a a streak of like people that we thought we wanted to work with, but we didn't want to work with. But in that first phone call, I could just get the vibe from Kevin right away that it was not only was he such a kind soul, but he was okay with the fact that this was our first one. And even carrying on throughout the whole recording process, he never once made us feel bad about asking any questions. It was, I don't know, it was literally like working with family because we could just be ourselves, you know? Or because he knows that I love Billy Talent. If we were doing something and I wasn't sure, he'd be like, you know, Billy Talent does this. So maybe you might want to do that. Or he'll be like, you know, Ian will do this. I'm like, "Ah, okay, you got me. But yeah, it was just, he was just so kind to work with. And it was cool because we had our whole friends there. Uh, I brought my sister as like the assistant for this session. And like you just treated everyone so nice. It didn't matter if they played or if they didn't play. Wow.
0: That's uh, incredible because like you mentioned, sort of like, oh, he's the top of the list. Who knows, right? But sometimes as a new artist, as a younger artist, it's, They say that making it is a mixture of like timing, the right place and everything else. And sometimes you just need somebody who's willing to take a chance on you as a new artist, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will say the when I was in Oshawa for the little stint, my landlord there, his name is Troy Williams. He was really, really helpful for those formative years. I would say he really helped take me from like a bedroom musician to a like like a semi pro. So if it wasn't for my time working with him on the songs there, I definitely would not have been ready to go into like a bigger studio with Kevin. So I just did want to give him a shout out because he definitely did a lot of hand holding with me before I got to that stage. So the both of them together really got me to where I'm at right now. Hey, hey, and
0: it's uh, you can def. I definitely say that the uh, effort that they put in uh, has paid off so far. Thank you. <laughs> definitely uh, paid off so far because the two singles you've released so far are absolutely amazing. I want to kick it off, of course, with the first one, that debut that released back in March. It's been a radio for three months now. It's entitled Operator. So, first off, before I dive into the actual content of the song, what has it been like to have your debut track
1: actually on radio? Honestly, like it's crazy because not only is it the first song I'm ever really putting out, it's also like my childhood favorite station in Ottawa that picked it up. So, the one that I remember listening to being like, one day I'm going to be on this station. So, it was like even extra special that they're riding the hardest for me but it was crazy that actually this is really funny the day that it was going to radio march 4th i was actually in vancouver because it was the same day that i was going to be a music coach on a warner set which was so it, that day and those few days were just a huge weekend for me but it was really, it was really interesting. Um, I didn't get to listen to it on the actual radio, though. We were like sitting in my hotel room listening to it off my phone because we were definitely out of range in Vancouver. But uh, I said this to my mom. I was like, "It sounded better on the radio. I don't know. It must have been some radio compression, but like the way I heard it in my head since the day that the song came to me." Like that was the way that I finally got to experience it for the first time. So that was a really cool moment. And then I also had like my sister, her fiance, who I love, uh, and my like childhood best friend in the room with me too. So it was really special. And then again, like that was my childhood favorite radio station. So to hear operator on the radio, it was nuts, nuts.
0: It's a manifestation at
1: its best right there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Um, I got to go back to Ottawa recently, and I, I'm sure we'll get to it with roaming. I was doing press for roaming, but it was the day of my actual birthday, so I got to throw a birthday party with like my childhood friends. And I haven't been back to Ottawa in probably like six, seven years. But those are the souls that had to hear me go on about being a rock star since we were eleven. So it was nice to like go back and celebrate with them and be like, "Ha! Huh? Like we're doing it." It wasn't all wasted words. So it was nice to get to celebrate that with them.
0: Is it stuck in your heads yet? Hey, yeah. Gotcha. T-
1: gotcha. <laughs> Truthfully, I, I'm actually really surprised Operator went to radio because there's a song called Me and My Friends, which I think is of the bunch with the radio song. And that'll be the next single that comes out. It's because like Operator was one of those. Selfish songs for me. Like, I, I wrote Operator truthfully for me because <laughs> it was the song that I wanted to open up the set list with. So that's why it's like the loudest in your face, like rock riff to start the song. That's why I have that cool psychedelic bridge in the middle because I wanted to have that moment on stage, like that heavy bridge. So I didn't think that a radio station would have ever put that on, but I'm really glad they did. Hey, it's a good way to uh, introduce
0: the crowd, because like you said, it's a good way to kick off a live show. So a good way to get the uh, listeners introduced to Mikey. You mentioned the uh, hard-hitting riffs of the track, the psychedelicness of it. What were you trying to capture with the uh, lyrics of the song?
1: Yeah, so the theme that I had was about a superhero gone bad. And so that's why uh, a lot of the song is especially when you get to the bridge it's like oh and then you need me again so the the first half of it it's like uh please live right on top of me you're the greatest view around town and i was singing about the whole like it's a the superhero that's like he's found the love of his life you know but the issue is that he's got himself a girlfriend already so it's just like yeah he he's not the best dude in the world you know so going down that road and then i just imagined it as a music video like all the the pr coming out of like superhero gone bad kind of hitch style and then everyone sort of turns on him in the chorus and then uh when it gets to the bridge it's kind of like the world's on fire you know and he's just like all nonchalant about it because he's like no when i needed you you all turned your back on me which it's it's really funny and it i'm definitely not the the superhero that i was writing about but go writing a song through that lens was really fun because it gave me sort of license to have a chorus where it was just like, oh, and then you're going to need me again. You're going to have to love me later. Like, it was fun. Definitely about a superhero gone bad. Hmm, hmm. Somebody who was uh,
0: shunned by society and it maybe uh, turned their opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, I, I like the view of that. I like the view of that. And of course... Came out with an amazing track. It's, like we mentioned, been on radio for three months now. So uh, doing uh, quite well, I would say. You've hit the ground running here. And, uh, of course, with that, you've uh, continued moving forward, surging ahead. You mentioned that there's going to be another single coming soon. But, of course, between then and now, there has been a second single that came our way in April entitled uh, Roaming. Once again, an incredible track, a little bit of a uh, different uh, vibe here. So what were you trying to capture with this uh,
1: newer song? So thank you. Roaming Truthfully was the first song. I think it was like 2015. So we moved from Ottawa, where I grew up, to the Durham region, which is like Ajax, Oshawa, and truthfully i just i was so upset in that period that i i didn't really play music because it just it took me a little while to reconcile that i I left all my friends and this and that but when i when i did finally pick up my guitar again i i guess i was playing around with like uh inverted chords and then it was the feeling i i don't know i'm not really a technical player truthfully i I more just kind of do things i'm like oh that's cool so i played this chord and like the atmosphere that the code that the chord had it invoked, which is the the first chord that I hit on roaming, it it sort of painted the way I was feeling at the time, which was a, a little like lost in space-ish. So it was a mix of that chord plus how I was actually feeling. And then this is gonna be a little silly, but I I had read like a space fact. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was something about I I thought the planets were floating, but apparently we're not floating. They're falling very quickly. So something like that. Science community don't come after me. But it was those three things put together that the song Roaming came together. So like, I don't know if you got a chance to see the music video, but it's about a guy lost in space. And like the feeling is painted because of those inverted chords. So it was sort of that journey that got me to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, yeah, that was the first song I wrote. That And this was, I think, 2015 when the idea came to me. And that was where I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. And then from there, I started slowly crafting what would be the rest of the the Sugarcane Bandits record.
0: Wow. Wow. So seven years in the process of getting towards this uh, upcoming EP. You just mentioned the name of it, the uh, Sugar Cane Bandits. What else can you tell us about uh, this upcoming project slash the future?
1: Yeah, so it's five songs. Every song, I don't think I mentioned it before, but every song on the record is different from the last one. Like, I call it 90s nostalgia or melancholy rock as a, as a fun term for the record, but uh, really, I wrote it to be the perfect live show that I wanted to have, kind of like uh, the same way that a story follows, like an introduction, like a buildup. Then I don't know, a girl leaves the boy. So there's like a sad feeling, and then the pickup. Like I really wrote the record to have the same dynamics. And to accomplish that, I did that using different tonalities, different chords, different feelings. So while it's all alternative rock, like if you're flipping through songs, like they're drastically different from the next. So I'm really excited for people to hear that because when you hear a song like Operator, it's going to be very drastically different than the song Sugarcane Bandits, uh, which closes out the record because it's like an upbeat funk song. And so I don't know. I, I think I'm also interested to see how people react to it being like not drastically different, but the songs being so different from each other. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. But yeah, five songs. I also wrote them to be their own individual singles as well. That's why there, it started off maybe with like seven tracks, probably like 10 tracks, but I just sort of kept stripping it down and I just kept it to the best five that I wanted to show people. Mm Mm-hmm absolutely
0: and it's uh as you mentioned it's sort of see how everybody reacts what does everybody take from each track which one is everyone's favorite it's kind of uh always interesting to see what can happen with a song once it's out into the world
1: yeah it's cool too because i've noticed uh there's like two distinct groups for the listeners of the record there's a operator me and my friends and sugarcane bandits like I would say 50% of the people like those three the most. And then the other half like roaming and figure it out because those two are sort of grouped together. So that was really interesting because I never really considered that. But I think when people tell me that, it also gives me an indication of their music taste, which is really cool. And it's kind of surprised me who said they liked which songs. Because like even my sister, for example, like Operator and Roaming are her favorites which is super cool because I would have thought it would have been like maybe me and my friends or figure it out. But so it's been really interesting too, just to see what people take to.
0: Absolutely. For sure. And of course, uh, if anyone who's watching the podcast wants to let uh, Mikey know what their favorite tracks are on this album, how how can they go ahead and uh, reach out to you to go ahead and follow you?
1: Yeah. uh, It is at Mikey Shankar. Across most platforms i'm only really using instagram and a little bit of tiktok i'm not much of a social media person but i've been kind of having fun lately taking videos so i'm slowly doing it so if you want to follow along there or spotify too that'd be great hey
0: absolutely go ahead follow them on your favorite music streaming service when those new singles come out that new ep hey it's already in your hands asap Hey, all right, Mikey, I've been having a blast so far. I got one last question for you here. Lay it on me. Oh, all right. So, of course, we've been talking about the crafting process, the time that has gone into finally getting to releasing these singles, getting out into the world, and finally having them out there. What I would like to know now is how has this process helped you to grow as a person, or what has it taught you about yourself?
1: That's actually a fantastic question. The, the funniest part, I would say, having gone through... Because even the, the pre-production, the demos, I probably demoed Sugarcane Bandits like five or six times before we did the actual record. Just because each time like I fixed something, I learned a lesson. But after going through the recording process with Kevin in the studios with that team, I... Uh, Then sort of we had the extra lockdown. So then I got to go back to just being by myself. What I found going through all of that, I came out a like a more rounded musician, which it's weird, but I was sitting there and like I actually have a second record kind of written. But you know, we'll get to that in the next one. But it, w- it was interesting for me personally to see where my, my songwriting abilities changed for that because two things. Sugarcane Bandits was a selfish record for me. So I got to do all of the, the the sort of the weird things that I wanted to do. So that plus I became more, I guess, focused as a songwriter because I got to learn a lot of lessons. I got to learn what worked, what didn't work. So it was, I guess, really interesting for me to see how I changed throughout the whole process. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess the, the one thing I, I wanted to I wanted to tell this story to you, why it's called sugarcane bandits. Cause I think it's a really funny story. Um, my background is Guyanese, which Guyana is in South America, right beside Brazil. It was one of the like uh the countries that was ancestries like the colonialism, slavery. Uh, so it was there for the sugarcane plantations. But then when my dad was little, him and his friends would hop up onto the sugarcane truck and they would steal bits of sugarcane. And I remember when he was telling me this, I thought this was crazy because like me and my friends, like we played street hockey growing up, like we didn't steal anything, you know? And then for him, he he would laugh about it and be like, "Yeah." And if they caught us, they would beat us with uh, like the sugarcane branches and stuff. And they were just such happy memories for him, you know. And I thought that was crazy. And then one day I was going to the studio, and I was or either two or from the studio, and I was thinking about the story, and then the phrase "sugarcane bandits" popped into my head. So even though the record doesn't have too much of a a Caribbean Soca vibe this time. I definitely wanted to have it as a nod to not only my family, but my heritage, this rock and roll record, which incidentally is leading to some pretty interesting moments that I never thought. Cause, uh, there was a Guyanese radio station that had played operator, which is crazy because it's, I'm sure the same way when I heard the first Billy talent song, I was like, why is this guy yelling at me through the radio? I'm just laughing because now they're in a South American country, they're playing operator and there's you know, like that's it was cool. I never saw that coming.
0: Hey, it's uh you honor your heritage and it ends up uh making it back home. That's kind of yeah, it's cool, full full naughty. circle in a way. Yeah, it's uh thank you for sharing that story of the title of the album. Thank you for sharing these lessons and Thank you for sharing the stories behind these uh, new singles with us here today on the Desert Tiger Podcast, Mikey.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, my wondrous ambush. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with our guest, the rock and roller known as Mikey. as We discussed his latest single, Roaming, as well as his debut single, Operator, both tracks. You can find them right now over on your favorite music streaming service when you're there you best be also hitting that follow button because you heard mikey there's more music coming your way you don't want to miss out on it and that's one way to make sure you don't miss out the other way is go ahead and follow mikey on your favorite social media as well i need to go ahead and thank mikey one last time for joining us here today to take us behind both of these tracks i had an absolute blast and I have to thank the amazing Eric Alper for going ahead and helping with setting this conversation up. I need to thank the audio wizard known as a German from YPEditor.com for making it sound so good. I need to thank you, the Am Bush, for tuning on in. If you've yet to join up with the AM, it's as easy as subscribing to the show. You can also help us grow by sharing this episode, giving us a five-star review by heading to our web store, which is www.deserttiger.shop. And that's where you go to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere that you roam. Aw, yeah. Now we leave you with this. Go out. Find your roar and then let it out into the world because you are a mighty tiger. You are wondrous. You are powerful. You are beautiful. You are all of these things and so much more. Don't you ever forget it. And until next time, ambush. Bye
1: The Desert Tiger Podcast